This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. Hi, this is Rakesh Kamal, host of Climate Emergency. In our upcoming episodes, we will focus on climate misinformation. We'll explore the spread of misinformation, the significance of climate literacy, and the importance of collective action. We'll also address some misleading claims that can confuse people and disrupt the real climate action. Stay tuned for a deep dive into these crucial topics over the next three episodes. So, what is climate misinformation? Climate misinformation is when people say things about climate change that are inaccurate, false, or are misleading. Not just the science, but the impacts, solutions as well. It's like telling a made-up story instead of the real facts. So, why is it important to talk about it, you may ask? It's important because climate change is a big problem that affects all of us. When people spread misinformation, it can confuse others and make it harder to understand what's really happening and it delays the decision making process we need accurate information to know how to help the planet and make the right choices so by discussing and correcting climate misinformation we can make sure we understand the truth and take the right actions to protect our environment in india we get a lot of messages forwarded on platforms like whatsapp and many times we see a lot of political misinformation half cut videos of politicians without context are very common and during covid pandemic we all saw a lot of health misinformation as well sometimes misinformation seemed harmless and everyone drank turmeric water during peak covid but then there were some in iran who died because of ingesting methanol out of fear of contracting covid i think it is fair to come to a consensus that misinformation spreads faster and is very harmful especially during panic situations when people are willing to believe anything and that is what climate change does climate change increases extreme weather events the number of floods cyclones and heat waves in india and all over the world are increasing for example let's take the kerala floods it was an extreme weather event in which nearly 500 people died and countless homes were destroyed at that time an audio went viral on facebook and whatsapp claiming that there was no need of relief and to donate to a right wing organization and not to the cm relief camp mind you this is an excerpt the link to the full audio is in the description now let me tell you one thing most of the people who have been impacted by the floods in kerala are from very well to do families they are either middle class or upper middle class or superbly rich they don't need money they don't need sanitary napkins they don't need match boxes they don't need candles they don't need money they need nothing and they are telling me they have more than 200 to 300 trucks waiting with this material like rice and dal you know yeah all the stuff that is needed they don't need there is a huge deluge indoor stadium in cochin is filled up with stuff and nobody wants it nobody wants it and when if you are planning to donate money again my request there lot of scamsters at work i remember seeing this earlier i can tell you right now if you are planning to donate money please donate it to genuine people like i have the seva bharti guys here working on the ground so my request again to each one of you uh, who are is listening to me right now please stop what you're doing right now there is this is not andhra this is not telangana where 
you know, you might still see a handouts being accepted. The people in Chengannur, people in Pala, people in Rani, they are very, very rich people. They will just throw the stuff back at you if you try and go and give them something. They just don't like being treated like beggars or don't like treated being a flood victim. They are, they are massive egos. Because the people here won't take rice which is cheap. They will they like the best rice. They'll pay for it, but they will not accept anything like you're the one rupee and two rupee rice in Telangana. They will not accept that kind of stuff. Let's concentrate on the poor people, yes. But if you're planning to donate, please nominate somebody from your end to come to Kerala. Right now, all the roads are blocked. Again, coming back to my main feedback, please, please don't kind of send anything that is not required. We don't need the stuff right now. Please don't donate money. Please keep the money with you. Please give it to only the recognized agencies. I'm not saying the Chief Minister's Relief Fund is a great place to donate because uh, I've written something about that, what happened with the misuse of money with that also in the last time uh, by the present Chief Minister. I've written about it. But, I mean, it's your call finally where you want to donate money, whom you want to give it. But think twice before doing anything, please. When you play to the information that you want to see, then it makes it much easier to be fooled. The audio was very convincing with the right amount of fact and fiction. On the face of it, most of the times these are important people that you trust, that you believe, who are spreading the misinformation. So a successful misinformation needs important people to listen and share as well. Can someone who claimed to be a champion of climate change, who wrote a book on it, spread misinformation? Of course he can. सत्तर अस्सी पचासी नब्बे साल के लोग तो सर्दियों में आप देखेंगे तो अक्सर कहते हैं कि पिछली बार से इस बार सर्दी ज्यादा है ऐसा कहते हैं ना एक्चुअली सर्दी ज्यादा नहीं है उनकी उम्र बढ़ने के कारण उनकी सहने की शक्ति कम हो गई है वैसे ही ये क्लाइमेट चेंज नहीं हुआ है हम चेंज हो गए हैं what is troubling is that modi is not an average politician when it comes to climate change right he projected himself as a climate leader and a few years back when he was a cm of gujarat he published a book called an inconvenient action gujarat's action on climate change he tried to project himself as the al gore of india given modi's public image as climate guru his miseducation on climate change is worrisome Coming to gurus of climate change, in India, we are a land of spirituality. We have thousands of gods and millions of gurus who spread discourses. But then with changing times, the discourses also include climate change sometimes. In all fairness, I really admire swamis and gurus taking initiative and talking about climate change. But the problem is when they create a mixtape, with spirituality and their opinions on environment and climate change without any scientific basis. Without changing the chemical composition of the water, you can rearrange the molecular arrangement in such a way that the water will behave completely in a different way than the way it does. To such an extent, it's sensitive to this extent that if I take a glass of water in my hand and just look at it in a certain way and give it to you, well-being will come to you. If I look at it another way and give it to you, you will fall sick tonight. This is no more superstition, this is science.
enough of these examples to deep dive and understand climate misinformation and how misinformation is spread i spoke with rakesh reddy founder of factly and this is what he had to say uh, hi rakesh uh, this is this is rakesh again name say uh, so i am the founder uh, factly so factly works at the intersection of uh, public information data and technology uh, so we on the the data and content side we do a lot of data journalism work as well as fact checking so we on day in day out we you know the team works on fighting misinformation uh, fact checking claims that go around on all kinds of topics so we primarily work in uh, uh, english as well as the local language uh, so if you can tell us a little bit about you know uh, what is the current state like how uh, prevalent it is uh, how uh, big is misinformation problem in india and also maybe touch upon climate misinformation so first let us uh, i mean the the whole issue of misinformation quote unquote fake news uh, it gained traction uh, in the last maybe 10 years uh, partly because of the availability of uh, cheap internet smartphones and essentially availability of content to people and changing consumption patterns of information so it gained worldwide attention especially after the election of uh, donald trump as the us president in 2016 Uh, in india also the advent of whatsapp and telegram and all such uh, p2p platforms kind of accelerated this thing now to i mean uh, to comment on the enormity of the problem obviously it's a huge huge problem uh, so earlier you know there there were uh, a few producers and a lot of consumers uh, so currently the lot of consumers the lot of uh, sorry lot of producers as well as lot of consumers so it has become pretty easy to Uh, you know produce and share misinformation partly because uh, uh, the stakes are very low i mean the barriers are very low so you can simply you know with the kind of tools that are available today i can uh, uh, simply you know take an image add my own context and share it uh, so you know whenever i do sessions i make it a point to uh, take a picture of the the conference room that i'm doing the session in add some random text and say you know this is what it is so it is It is that easy? So a lot of people think uh, producing misinformation is actually difficult. There are factories doing it. Yes, there are factories that are doing it with vested interest, but it is not just them. So you know the 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 bar is actually very low. Now it's obviously a huge problem. Uh, what is also uh, at least in some sense uh, uh, welcoming for me, at least in the last few years, is the awareness of uh, fact checking has also grown. that people at least uh, some people realize that okay there is something called as fact checking every bit of information needs to be fact checked not everything that they come across may be true so they make it a point to make an effort to go and check now, this could i mean the the number of people who is doing this is still uh, very low compared to consumers but at least there has been a change so we for example we run a whatsapp tip line where people can send inquiries and receive uh the you know factual information or what is information so our uh, we you know our average uh, used to be around 10 to 15 messages uh, maybe a couple of years ago uh, so today on a busy day we might receive 100 on, on a normal day we receive 50 60 and a lot of them like uh, uh you know something that goes viral we we instantly get to know because we keep getting those on whatsapp so for instance yesterday uh Uh, the release of this movie called Adipurush. So some miscreant uh, edited the poster and said uh, Dalits. There is no entry for Dalits in the theaters. 
So there was an original poster. They changed it, the text and shared it. We received something like close to 15, 20 queries on the same thing. It went viral. It is extreme. It, it appeals to your... Uh, so uh, that awareness has grown. But it is, but like I said, since the enormity of the problem has also grown leaps and bounds. Uh, so we are still... Uh, uh, you know, are we any close to, obviously, there is no, there is nothing like a 100% solution, but awareness and education are the key. And to your second question of climate misinformation, uh, so in India, at least what we have been seeing is not specifically uh, extreme or, you know, specific climate related misinformation like we maybe see in the European and uh, you know, America, US or other countries. What we see is some related claims. So, for example, in summer, we... Uh, we keep getting these, these. Uh, so at least this this season, for instance, we saw messages going viral. Like for instance, there was one message which said, uh, "If you you know come back from a very hot environment and if you drink cold water, it could be life threatening. You will die." Uh, then uh, there was a CDC document which talks about precautions one needs to take in summer. Of course, these are CDC, but people add their own. This was issued by GHMC or Tani Municipal Corporation or something like that. Uh, so then, uh, when you when you have rains, etc., obviously these uh, disaster-related videos, con- contextually altered videos. I mean, saying you know, so picking up video from another place and saying this is this is video from here. Uh, we also sometimes see uh, these go around after almost every summer. Uh, cars that are melting and then they are attributed to uh, the extreme heat and summer in Kuwait. Of course, uh, thankfully not India. Uh, so the the climate related misinformation it's not directly climate related because though they are remotely linked to climate, so we still don't see such conspiracy theories at least in India that are widespread. Do you also see you know with increasing access to technology like uh, AI images or you know uh, we are starting to see voice modulation that's happening? Uh, are you starting to see them happen in India right now, or uh, are we a little? Uh, no, a little behind, you know, that kind of, that level of misinformation being spread. Uh, AI, definitely we've started seeing, not widespread, but we've begun seeing. So especially with mid-journey and stable diffusion and all these models that produce images has uh, become widespread. We've seen definitely uh, creators who keep creating AI images. People pick up those images from the creator's uh, profile and share it as real. So we saw multiple AI-related, AI-generated images of political leaders. So we saw one, uh, I think, a couple of days ago, uh, somebody created an AI-generated image of a drone toilet. So there are drones which have toilets, and you can on-demand request those toilets anywhere. You can, the drone will come. I mean, these are all AI-generated. So we we've started seeing. It's not widespread because uh, I'm sorry, not everybody understands how to create. For example, mid-journey, you know, there is a server, etc. But as, like you rightly said, as and when they become uh, available uh, and where where uh, available and affordable, I'm sure you know we'll see uh, with the ad, with Adobe now launching their uh, suite of tools. Uh, I think it will become much more easier. Uh, you know, their their tools I think uh, are much easier to operate, much easier to use. So we'll definitely see a flood in the in the coming years of uh, AI-generated imagery and videos. Are we, you know, uh, as journalists, as fact checkers, even prepared to fight that level of, you know, misinformation that might be coming? Uh, see, currently, technology-wise, uh, there are some tools that can detect 
because usually you know not every age entertain match is perfect so certain deformities and all but uh, all said and done it requires a lot of uh, uh, i don't mean to say expertise but you know the you need to know the tricks of the trade which are not easy to learn and secondly uh, the amount the pace at which ai tools are getting generated uh, and the pace at which these uh, the tools that can detect these are generated is not the same so we are always falling behind so for example with images there is there is a long way uh, you know ongoing conversation around should there be watermarks for all age generated images saying you know this has been generated image. so that people know whenever they are sharing that this was generated but we are still in early days uh, so if you ask me if the the fraternity or the ecosystem is is ready to fight uh of course we are ready to fight but i think tools wise and uh, skills wise i think we still fall short i mean uh, getting back to climate misinformation the reason that lot of people think that there will be misinformation spread on climate change is because to uh, hold cl- public perception right uh, to make sure that public continue to feel that uh, you know maybe the government or anyone for that matter is doing a lot on climate change uh, we see a lot of greenwashing also that's happening in the country uh, i was just pointing out to uh, someone recently about uh, a metro station in delhi supported by indian oil completely colored in green and says you know green petrol <laughs> or there, i saw i think there's something called green diesel also that's available in the market so you know there's a lot of uh, uh, public perception change that people are trying to see using climate you know, do you have like uh i mean when you talk about misinformation uh, you know uh, as an organization do you also try and counter uh, claims like this that are made by organizations yeah when uh, extremely misleading claims go around we try and debunk uh, of course not specifically the ones that you mentioned have come on our radar but we do whenever there is extreme uh, uh, misleading information uh, we try and do see i agree with you that in india i think the problem with climate misinformation is is not actually these extreme conspiracy theories i think we are uh, far behind i think the challenge is to educate people so for instance if we start with uh, what is green so now you know it's a fad to say this is a green building now what do we mean by green building are there norms so who gives these certifications uh, you know how can one become eligible and all that secondly uh, emissions for instance emissions of vehicles also uh, whether with respect to you know hybrid vehicles ev vehicles so there is a lot of uh, like you said there is a lot of upselling because these are all uh, you know very uh, words very fancy words now and very much in demand as the conversation around climate grows and uh, everybody becomes uh, uh, you know very very worried about climate and want to do something i think uh while people at a at a personal level are becoming aware in terms of uh, how to be more responsible at a very personal level uh, their plastic let's say lake restoration at least in the urban areas i think there is, there is a larger need uh, even before we start countering misinformation is to is to educate so proactively tell people you know what could this mean i mean uh, in the example that you said what is a green registration i mean what is green in the first place so do we mean zero emissions do we mean uh you know emissions they are making but they are able to so i think that has yeah that has to be an effort uh, once we educate people then it it will not be easy to fool them so currently it is easy because you can throw these words around uh with nonchalance you can just say green green nobody would ask you a question uh, what is meant by green and 
there are very few people who understand or who ask you a counter question of so what is your emissions and all that so i think the 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 starting point should be proactively educating maybe start with schools because that's the you know what where are we going you know what is the world doing at large and uh, what are these so called green technologies that you speak about so are emissions really zero so i think once we have these conversations uh, so currently all these are very esoteric conversations you know it only happens in a in a few circles who who are you know co- conversant or who are aware of these terms but uh, see that's how misinformation on other topics became mainstream but it was no more uh, the smartphone and internet kind of changed it overnight of course this is slightly different because this will need a lot of knowledge transfer but hopefully if the knowledge transfer happens i think we can better counter this i mean uh, also when you talk about educating people uh, the role of media becomes very important and what do you think uh, you know the role of media is uh, in countering or uh, you know perpetuating climate misinformation i think not just climate i think the the way i see media has evolved over time while there are positives uh, the bigger negatives that we see are uh, uh, increasingly there are there is a lack of specialists in the media Uh, so climate is a special i mean specialized topic there's a lot of, there's a lot of science in it so somebody needs to invest time efforts to understand what even before you report so even if you want to report what is climate change what does it mean for a common man the journalist he or she should be very much aware of it uh so the same thing we see in ai and technology so there is a at least in vernacular media there is too much of exaggeration so you know uh, on climate you see oh, there is exaggeration we see we are this is going to be the end of the world there are 5.5 degrees increase so there is uh, there's no logical discussion rational discussion what it actually means what it could mean for a man on the street so and that is coming because of lack of specialists uh, so I, i the challenge for journalism is going to be to to first uh, you know make those journalists aware so pick up one or two people who are interested train them train them in a sense let them go through uh, literature and understand what this means uh and more importantly link it to how does it affect the man on the street so as long as we talk about at an india level we want to reduce emissions yes we want to reduce emissions but what does it mean for a man on the street so if if we reduce emissions i think uh, that will go a long way in uh, uh, automatically media will be equipped to fight because today what is happening is it is all hearsay information so you pick up a headline from a newspaper somewhere and you know try and uh, exaggerate that and have a one hour conversation but by the end of it uh nobody gains anything you know, apart from just getting overtly worried about what might happen in fact i will give you an example from my experience where uh, i was being interviewed i was talking about climate change uh, during the chennai rains uh, way back in i think 2015 uh, there was a you know, major rains and then uh, a reporter came to interview me and uh, she was asking she was trying really hard to get me to quote saying that chennai rains is you know uh, directly related to climate change and it's going to be end of the world i didn't say anything that you know that uh, she wanted me to say so it ended up uh, i mean i'm glad my quote didn't get picked up in the program because the program was all you know pralay aa gaya you know like water falling like sea you know tsunami i was like okay this is like complete uh, misrepresentation of what the uh, facts are you know a lot of times i feel like because of lack of awareness in media 
um, there is a lot of misinformation that is being spread uh, subtly sometimes uh sometimes uh, i mean like our uh, especially tv channels are way too loud they try and exaggerate some of the things to make it sound like it is a you know major thing and you need to like you said you know that the world is coming to an end so i mean i know to an extent education uh, is helpful but uh, what do you think about regulation uh, you know in terms of uh, misinformation i don't think as such there is regulation right unless uh, you go to a court uh, for some news story that is run or for some misinformation that is spread there is no specific regulation or correct me if i am wrong uh, you know is there any regulation that uh, helps in stopping this misinformation spreading uh, you mean general regulation or general regulation uh, see currently there is no specific provision in the law about misinformation but there are a lot of other provisions within the ipc and the it act uh, which which uh, attract Uh, i mean uh, which can be used in cases where uh, you know misinformation is being used for ulterior motives there is enough provision there is nothing like a specific provision that uh, you know that is aimed at fake news for misinformation but there are enough uh, provisions for example when covid happened the disaster management act itself had uh, uh, provisions around spreading panic or false information now i think the mm-hmm. regulation is a very touchy topic because uh, it can work both ways i mean it's a double edged sword yes. so no regulation i mean it's it's an open field and you know there is there is utter chaos but uh, the moment you say regulation and governments put a tight regulation we see censorship so it's a very difficult question i know uh, an ideal world is where uh, you are a, a no censorship free world an ideal world but unfortunately that cannot be the case because we see misinformation resulting in a lot of uh, uh, you know uh, there are physical consequences on ground so there are physical harmful consequences not just uh, consequences on ground but there are harmful consequences now uh, ideally we would have said freedom of speech but unfortunately if that speech is leading to violence and harming people there is no way uh, you know people can just ignore so it's a it's a difficult topic but i think the way forward is which is why uh, we'll only reach the stage of no regulation only when we educate people so it, a lot of things have to go parallelly so on the education side right from you know let's say childhood high school on the regulation side unless you show examples of uh, when there is egregious uh, you know people sharing with motives and leading to uh, what we see as violence and ground unless there are swift action and courts deciding we will keep seeing because the the entire justice system again uh, not just for these cases but as we know generally in most cases unless that is that there is swift action it will it won't serve as a deterrent also so a case might be good but that's okay i mean uh, for somebody who is doing with a vested interest how does it matter so today there is one case tomorrow there is another case so unless there is swift action uh, that whole cycle flows as fast uh, for a lot of normal people it definitely might act as a deterrent so uh, what advice do you have for someone who comes across you know misinformation uh how do they you know what is an ideal way to deal with it sometimes it is you know acha you know uh, you respond by sharing an article but it doesn't end the cycle right what is like an ideal way of going at you receive information misinformation uh see we i know it is uh, it's a it's a difficult there's no one uh, you know one stop uh, single solution to this uh i would say 
it depends on what we are trying to achieve so for instance i uh, in in groups and that i am part of for instance on whatsapp family and friends groups i make it a point to uh, so confrontation is not going to help or you know trying to confront people who who might be knowingly or unknowingly sharing such things so the way i do it is uh, which is what i tell others also uh, inculcate the habit of uh, asking for sources so in the groups that i am part of i'm used to saying whenever somebody shares that i know is misinformation i don't point at them and say this is false it is not going to help because they'll take it negatively and think rather i would say can you please share the source now in most groups that we observe that uh, most you know 90% are all silent participants it's only the 10% who are very active and constantly sharing information so the rest of the 90% are at least watching and saying okay somebody is asking the source that that person is not sharing which means there could be something wrong we are not saying it is false or true i think that habit of asking sources will discourage people from sharing if they don't have the right sources so which is why i tell don't get into confrontation because these are all close family friends that you meet every day i mean uh not over so that that for instance is good for them but for a lot of other uh, if you are in some responsible position or something i think uh, the approach has to be slightly different where you proactively uh tell people let's say on twitter or on social media if you are an influencer uh telling people that okay you know this is this is what it is this is a factual matter go and look at for yourself uh may you know correcting the others is definitely useful and should be done but not as a first step uh if you start correcting people as a first step this will all this will definitely boomerang uh then people will become closed they'll get into a confrontational mode and you know not ready to learn and all that rather the focus should be to tell them to make them understand that what they might be sharing has no basis i know the you know ideological our own prejudices come in the way of seeing rationality and logic that is fine but in most cases i think if you tell people okay you know you shared this fine well and good but what um, you know what is behind it can you please share so that i can also get educated i think those will go a long way in uh, uh, at least within the limited influence that we all have uh, you know in groups in colleagues i think that will really help so confrontation does not work we've seen multiple times so what we usually you know tell people is 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 the name of one of your uh, uh, i think the show that you started is suno india as we say pari follow the principle of pari uh, pari is p whenever you receive something you believe could be misinformation or you know they there could be something wrong with it we say pause p says pause a is ask what do you mean by ask you could ask google you could ask uh, you know any source that you know then whatever information you receive by asking uh, you you need not blindly believe it so it is for you to r then stands for read and review so read through the material get yourself get get yourself convinced if you are satisfied with the material and you reviewed finally i means inform so go and inform people so whoever has shared it with you go and inform only when you do these four steps so it's a very simple way of i know the uh, especially with journalism for example since we are talking about journalists i see a lot of journalists you know whenever we meet them telling me that uh, the sector we are in uh, there is a competition to break news first so you know something i come to know i mean it has to be me who has to break that news to you so that urge to share if you are saying you know please pause but that goes against uh, the very nature of what we are doing we can't help because you know in, in a world where there so many people trying to share all kinds of information create all kinds of information that is the only way so i know speed 
sometimes uh, you know you might compromise on speed but that's the only way if you want to become a trusted uh, somebody who is trusted somebody who shares the right information what do you uh, suggest you know policy makers or government bodies how do they uh, you know how should they prepare themselves to fight misinformation and uh, even uh, i feel that you know climate misinformation is something that uh, a lot of government will have to you know prepare for it uh, as we uh, firstly before that question do you think climate misinformation as an issue will be becoming bigger in the future is that something that you feel based on the trend that you are seeing i no i think it i think it will someday not not immediately but it will definitely someday when it becomes a, a, a major part of uh, citizens daily life so currently we are not seeing as much climate misinformation because uh, it it does not really affect the conversations do not really affect a lot of people but the moment it starts affecting there will be so it, there will be questions around uh, is is climate change real for instance that's you know what's the europe and west talking about whether it's a deep conspiracy theory i think those questions will come but not today uh it will definitely become an issue so which is why i'm saying we still have time so maybe you know the uh the advantage we might have is that we have enough time and the role of governments for instance is, is to simply educate uh i've always seen governments that have been proactive uh, will be able to uh, address misinformation much better than governments that are very reactive so we have governments that are not just reactive but sometimes do not even react so because you know the on the transparency side you you don't tell anything so there is an incident unless you proactively share uh, so governments that are proactive i think they have a great chance at uh, do you have maybe an example that you can think of where the government was reactive not specific example but you know most uh, government departments that are active on social media i think proactively sharing information so it's as simple as saying uh, uh, it's not just about you know one specific piece of misinformation this is false this is right but more importantly i think uh, in the aspect of climate change also uh, the more transparent you are the better when i say the more transparent for instance if if let's say there is a projection of you know what might happen if uh, the temperature grows or you know what are the mitigative uh, mitigation measures that you are taking i think the more transparent you are the better i i can't think of any specific example where governments have done it well because most of them these days have been reactive things reactions and Uh, even in reactive the speed also matters so a lot of times we see that uh, uh, the responses by relevant agencies come after the damage is done uh, which you know which uh, doesn't make sense so if you are even even if you are reactive if you are fast enough i think uh, a lot of damage could be avoided even then you know uh, there's something that uh, i have observed maybe you can correct me if i'm wrong uh, like the misinformation spreads a lot faster than any uh, claim that it is misinformation right like uh, i mean even in groups that i am part of where if someone has shared something that is not true and i probably just google find the first link uh, you know and then share it to them saying that this has been fact checked already most of the time you know i come across stories only which are fact checked and uh, then there is usually no response or i don't think they go back and send it back to the you know person who sent it to them even if uh, you know the government or whoever uh, says that this is not uh, this is misinformation uh, or disinformation people don't necessarily you know 
the damage is already done right yeah so in some cases what we have seen is uh, whenever uh, the misinformation concerns let's say uh, politics or political individuals or parties if the if the party that is a victim or the individual that is a victim is is strong enough and has a distribution network it definitely travels so for instance you know if you have a strong uh, political party mechanism or an apparatus where there was some misinformation against you or and you found that is wrong you will activate that entire distribution network now it like i said uh, as as individuals it is difficult you know, if you and i are a victim there is only very little we can do but with structures that have do you know very well set distribution mechanism i think they can be the other thing we found when uh, uh, where you know fact checks travel far and wide is when more and more people debunk so for the for example the odisha tragedy that happened i mean we from day 2 uh, so june 2nd is when the incident happened from 3rd uh, and 4th june we started receiving this, even today we start receiving messages saying uh attributing a communal angle to the incident that the station master belongs to a particular religion that is a muslim and all that now we know it has been widely debunked uh you know local local press local officials have said and they have clarified and all that but it still goes around but the good thing is it is widely debunked so it is not just uh, uh one or two people who are talking about it everybody says okay you know come across this this is not true this is not true so one other way of distribution is when uh that will happen only when the original misinformation had become uh, very viral so that everybody is forced to respond uh, there is there could be a lot of other misinformation which could be very local very hyper local but does a lot of damage so quite often we come across for instance uh, a very local incident somewhere let's say in a in a tier 3 or a you know semi urban place a very local incident for, because of local factors uh, the kind of coverage it gets in the local media is, is a small column in the district uh, uh, edition but the video or the photo associated with it on social media is shared as if you know the this is the biggest event in the state it happened and there was an ulterior motive and all that so what we are also seeing is that uh, uh, because now ideologies politics prejudices come into play small local hyperlocal incidents also get uh, traction uh and the debunking will not go far and wide because it is not even your place so there is no interest so as much there was interest in sharing or saying you know this happened so that also we are seeing that that has a huge impact because it uh, as as it is hyper local you wouldn't want to share because i mean it is not my place mm. so i think in po- in political structures where their distribution is fine uh, some of them are doing it better because you know they have a distribution structure where at least i'm not saying they'll match the distribution of misinformation but at least you know but for individual pieces of misinformation it, it's definitely difficult anything else you want to add i mean the what i keep saying is uh, expecting uh, miracles or expecting that you know this is a problem that will go away tomorrow uh, is is being foolish uh, so it is going to stay with us like like it has stayed with us for maybe hundreds of years the only, the only thing is the form and format will keep evolving will keep changing so what was yesterday the favorite mode may not be today may not be tomorrow uh, of course uh, you know uh, things will keep changing we also will become better at i think the 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 moot point that all of us have to focus on is is inculcating the habit of uh, uh, seeing through and questioning i mean so today uh, there is blind belief so now how do we overcome and blind belief is is in in many ways the the reason for 
people believing in large scale misinformation so i think the only way to come out of it is inculcating i mean whoever it might be you the information or the message could be your to, to your liking it might be uh, you know very well sit in with your bubble or ideology that is fine but unless you start questioning or inculcate this habit we can't solve this problem this problem will never get solved in the sense 100% will get uh, eliminated it can't happen because as as long as humans exist this will keep happening but are we better equipping uh, you know humans to counter it or see through it i think that is going to determine whether you know what will happen to it.